Hey everyone, Cream Ray here, and today I have Andrew Diaz on with us. Andrew, how's it going? Everything been good, bro. Just in the off season back in Atlanta, enjoying the time off and getting ready for the next opportunities waiting for me in 20,000, uh, 2022. For sure. Yes, I, want to, I want to thank you for joining us today. No, no problem. I thank you for having me. It's my first interview, actually. For sure. Yeah. So can you please introduce yourself to the viewers? So, like you said, I'm Andre Dees. I'm a forward uh, winger or left wing back. That's out of Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, been playing soccer since I was three. I came up through the youth recreational system uh, in Atlanta and then blossomed into playing a higher level of soccer throughout my years. Awesome. So can you, like, take us back in time? Like, who... Who introduced you to soccer or football? Who introduced you to the sport? So, so that's gonna be my dad. My dad, uh, he actually played soccer when he was back in the day. And so he put me in the sport at three years old, my dad and my mom. And uh, since then I, I played with him when I was from probably three to 13. And so then I transitioned to going to a, a different team, a higher level. And after that, I wound up playing with this youth club, Concord Fire, out of Atlanta, Georgia, and everything went well. I've been training hard, working hard. For sure. I mean, are you the first person in your family to go pro, or? Yeah, 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 everything. I was the first one, uh, but I try and be a, a leader for all the people in my community. I grew up playing with probably 300 inner city kids, and. I was one of the only ones that made it out. So my goal right now is to try and get more uh, people involved, more information out there and lead them in the right direction. 100%, that's what we're doing here right now uh, through One Soccer Nation. So it's amazing to have you here. Yes, uh, I mean, and once you go pro, you become like one, part of the 1% because there's like, you know, there's 200 to 300 million people that play soccer for fun. Like definitely. Realistically, the numbers are like 200 to 400,000 or around yeah. there that play professionally that have actually done it. And, yeah. and you're a part of that. You're part of the 1%. So that's amazing. Yeah, um, and I had uh, the pleasure to play against you against, what was the team that you were playing with? When Southern States uh, Soccer Academy. So that was the NPSL team that I've been playing for this past season. Uh, it was a good, it was a startup team. Uh, good. It was actually a good, a good uh, system to be in. I mean, they provided a world-class facility, nice grass fields, uh, proper coaching. And, I just use that time uh, to build my confidence as a player and also to get my game minutes coming off that 2020 season during COVID. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that, yeah, the facility was beautiful and the system that they had over there was nice. I mean, yeah, you, 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 I have to say, I told you uh, when I played against you, you're a quality player, quick on the ball, pace, dribble. You actually scored on us. And then, yeah, it was, it was a good game. You guys yeah, won. That was, a, that was a crazy game. <laughs> we wound up getting the red card. It was a wild game, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So uh, how did it feel to be like, you know, the first person in your family to, you know, to sign pro and, and, and to start that journey for your family? How, does, how did that all feel? When it first happened, I just, I mean, I, I was had tears of joy because, I mean, it was something I've been wanting to chase since I was 10. But... Uh, I don't really try and get too caught up in, yeah, I'm the 1%, but how can I continue to be that 1% over a period of time? So with anything in life, it's all about longevity. Like you want to be there as long as you can and build on that. 
hundred percent, hundred percent. Those are good points. And you know, for the viewers that you know that have never been to Atlanta, you know, can you you know share with us like what Atlanta's like? How, how does it you know? I mean, I mean, it's a nice city. I mean, you it, it just depends on what you want to do. I mean, you got historical things that happen in the city. Then you have the party atmosphere, but then you also have the sports and music industry. So it's a mixed bag of everything. Uh, very nice city to be in. But I mean, we don't need no more people moving here right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's too crowded. Yeah, traffic getting like LA. That's where I went out to school. So. For sure. So I haven't, I didn't really get to enjoy my uh, adult years in Atlanta like that. I mean, I went out to Cal, I went to University of Central Florida during my college, my first year of college. And then I wound up transferring out to uh, Cal State Northridge. And, the valley and close to the midst of LA. So I didn't really get to experience Atlanta like that, but we'll see how it goes over the course of the years. So we're going to go to that. Um, but before we go, you know, the school route, um, mm -hmm. what, what passports, where do you originate from and what passports do you want? Um, African American, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, only passport I have is the United States passport. Right, and you've only played professionally in the States, right? Uh, yes, sir, yes, sir. Uh, did my 10th grade year, they, I went over to Sporting Lisbon for a, a stint period just to go over there, train with their academy. And I got to see the different perspectives of how soccer is played over there and how it is over here. And at, at that age, you didn't really understand the dynamics of what's going on. But as I've been playing, I started to see, okay, this way, the game brings to you. For sure. So why do you play soccer? I think it was just a, it's a passion. Like, you know, something that just, it keeps you pushing. When, on your bad days, it makes you happy. On your good days, it makes you happy. Uh, and I've been doing this since I was three. So it's become like a another life. Once I get on the soccer field, I could forget about everything and just play. And I want to do, like, like I said, I want to bring something to the the game that hasn't been seen, like obviously for uh, me and you being African-Americans, it's not really too much of us within the sport of playing the sport that are just strictly African-American. Obviously you have Africans, uh, Europeans, everybody, but I just want to bring a voice to the game and try and build the community. Like, like you say, for Atlanta in instance, bring the community together and give all the resources, knowledge, like I was saying earlier. So, so do you think after your career, you would start, you know, your own academy or professional team? Is that something of interest? Uh, I mean, I like start, I mean, so the youth, I like starting with the youth. The youth is the future of everything. So, I mean, I would go on training route, coaching, not like coaching the team, but life coaching. But eventually I would want to get into coaching and having my own team. Understood. Yeah, that would be huge. I mean, we need that, right? We need that in the community. And yeah, definitely. Sure. So what, what teams have you played for uh, professionally? Well, actually, before you went pro, what teams did you play for? And then the, the pro teams that you played? So youth, youth Academy, too. So uh, like I said, I played. So I started off at South Dakota YMCA. That's that's always going to be the place that holds a dear, truly place to my heart. Like I said, that was the club that my dad started in. Even to this day, those 300 people are still in my life and supporting me throughout my time playing soccer. Uh, after that, I wound up playing with a team called Decatur Decatur Y. So they were the other YMCA down the street. 
And then I wound up going to Concord Fire out in Atlanta and playing Classic One, Region Three, and then National League and Developmental Academy. And then I wound up going to college from there. Right. So, you, so basically, you started at youth, and then uh, you went to after youth, you went to college. You said. I went, yeah, yeah. So I went from rec to a higher level. So we call it academy over here. So I went from rec to academy and then to college. Okay. So then, so those are the three steps. So rep, academy, college. Mm -hmm. And then when you were in the academy stage, um, you know, how did you figure out that you wanted to go to college? You wanted to go to college. How did you figure that out? Uh, so that was a, a big credit to not or it was a big credit to my parents, but also my coach that was coaching me at that time, or both of the coaches that coached me at the time, uh, they were big on sending a lot of us to college. Uh, we'll have a meeting right before our seasons and always write down which, college, which colleges that we wanted to go to and then talk about what GPAs are needed to be there, what's their email, what's their numbers. And then once they gave me a little platform, me and my parents just started every day. Okay, let me go and email this coach. Let me send him my transcript. Let me send him or make a call to his office and just try and get in contact with him and introduce myself to him. So how many how many schools? I mean, first of all, that's huge to have, you know, that support from the parents. That's amazing. And then, you know, to execute that, that's great. What, how many, you know, put a number out there that, you know, how many schools did you reach out to before you got a reply back? Uh, I mean, I think it was pretty quick because my coach had connections to a lot of school. I probably sent out, a, I think, one in one. When I first started, I sent out a, a, a load of emails, probably like 20, 30, gave it some time. And then I was checking it every day, like, damn, I'm ready. Because, you know, sometimes uh, uh, once you sign up or find the school's emails they start to send you uh emails sometimes but it doesn't be about the their like interaction with you it's more like oh you should come to this summer camp an automated email so that's where people i want to say like don't get confused in that like if they're sending you gotta read in depth of what the email is it may not be them recruiting you but they want you to come to a soccer camp so you just got to see both sides of it. But I think probably, like I said, the first day I sent 20 emails and just let it over time tell my coach or you got to perform too. That's the biggest thing. If you're not performing, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And so I would get opportunities where these coaches are coming to the games. So we would play Georgia, South Carolina, uh, North Carolina, Florida. And so you have all these coaches within that area and they would come out to games when we were traveling you had to perform and show yourself right so performing is you know one key aspect and then you have your res your player resume or exactly what else you got then you got to make sure you know as you mentioned um the right gpa for that school yeah, exactly so grades grades and then you can't be grades and you can't be getting in trouble and stuff like that so those are i think the three biggest things Right. So that's that's the criteria right there. And then, you know, for that, for sure, you obviously fit, fitted that criteria. And then mm -hmm. um, how many clubs re reached? I mean, clubs, how many uh, colleges reached back out to you? And then how did you go about making the decision of saying, all right, this is the one that I want to go with? So I think probably I would say 15, 
15 schools, but at that time you couldn't really, you could only go to on five visits. So I wound up, my first visit was University of Central Florida. And uh, well, actually we'll take it back. So I did my, with the relationship with my dad's soccer club, we wound up taking a lot of, or he wound up taking a lot of us to Furman. So Furman was one of the first schools. Clemson was another school that I wanted to go to. UNC and uh, UCF. And then it wound up being another school out in California that I wanted to go to. So I was getting a little interest from a few of those schools. And once I started going on visits and seeing these different places, uh, USF was another place that I was in love with. But I think once I got to UCF, I was pretty certified after my visit. Uh, and it went on from there. For sure. You know, what made you feel that way? You know, what, what are your experiences? Um, I think you? so. I, I was used so during that my time playing in youth soccer and transitioning into college. So that would be my 10th, 11th, 12th grade year. You would I would be missing out on the friendships and the going out. Stuff like that, just living like a regular team. But when I got to UCF, it was just a, I was so confined. Before that, I was confined within a small space. But when I got to UCF, it was the biggest school in the nation, 65,000 people. So it was just a, the weather was always good. The field was perfect. The, the players were cool. Coaching staff was uh, pretty cool. I mean, I liked the coaching staff a lot because when they were recruiting me, it was more on a personal level. It wasn't just about business. Like they were actually trying to get to know me personally. So I thought it was the best place for me to be at that time. So from my understanding, having that personal relationship, creating that relationship and you know, getting to know one another is important. Um, yeah. I mean, you sign I mean, you got to sign a letter to go to the school for uh, a year or four years, you know, so that all plays into a picture. You don't want to be there, and then you bumping heads with the coach every uh, day or every week, or you don't want to be there, and then you get homesick from your family, stuff like that. Right. So it sounded like you made the right decision to go to the school, and then, uh, you know, how long did you go to school for, and what did you study? My freshman year, I only went there. Yeah, I went to UCF one year. Uh, stuff went down. I was 17 in college. Uh, it was a big school, like I say. So when, when you see that big of a school, you you tend to do stuff that you gain freedom. So I wound up transferring, going to a different school, and I went. I wound up going out to Cal State Northridge. Got it. And then, what would you study while you were in college? So my first year at UCF, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I just wanted to play soccer and live. But uh, once I got to California, I wound up going into communications. Communications, and then and then from college, how'd you like? How'd you go pro? So I wound up. So after UCF, I transferred to Cal State Northridge. So I'm moving from Atlanta. Well, I was born, raised in Atlanta. Then I went to school out in uh, Florida. And then I wound up coming back to Atlanta. And I had six weeks to figure out a school. And so I'm trying to talk to all the coaches, trying to figure out where I'm going to go. 
and I wound up going out to California. So I moved all the way across the country. And to this day, I think it was probably one of the best moves I ever made. Uh, just going out, trying to figure myself out. Like I, like I said, I didn't like how everything went down my first year in college. It was a lot that I didn't know. And it was a lot that uh, you got to adjust. Like when you, in life, you always got to adjust to different environments and maneuver different. So I wound up going out to California. Uh, first year, I played a substantial amount of minutes. Uh, and then my second year there, so that would have been my junior year. The first game, preseason game of the season, he tells me, uh, we are going to decide to redshirt you. So that really kind of changed the trajectory of things. Uh, Why? Why? I, was hurt. I was hurt mentally. That 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 was because nobody in your junior year, I wasn't injured. My grades were good. I had just came off a uh, honor roll. I was performing at a high level. I felt good. And so that that hurt my pride a little bit. And I just used that as uh, fuel to the fire. And that's what really I think that year changed my whole mentality. I wasn't really worried about having friends or I was just focused on the goal. I got to graduate and I want to go play soccer. Like this is the passion. So I was in the gym every day. Uh, I was in working out. I was getting my uh, body work with, doing extra stuff all the time, and just perfecting my craft. It was it was it was days that was tough, real hard to where you know I'm by myself. I'm confined to just me, and all my family, on the other side of the country, and so. Uh, the June or that red shirt, that red shirt year ended, and I had two years left. So the, I think that would have been my red shirt senior year. That season played decent amount of minutes, not much, two hundred I think, two hundred minutes, and so I wound up being able to get my graduate degree or my master's. So I started in uh, recreation tourism and management. So I'm still on the path of finishing that. Uh, and that my last season there was absolutely like it wasn't something I would have imagined for my senior year. You know, you want to end it out with a bang. Uh, I wasn't getting minutes, but I remember a lot of my teammates like they were real close to me and my parents. Everybody they like just enjoy it. This show last time that you gonna be in school and all that. So, uh, going on to the pro process. My boy, so I played PDL, so that's like USL two for everybody that did that that doesn't know it. Uh, that was my summer team, Ventura Fusion. So they hosted a combine. So these combines always happen around this time of the year once the off season hits. Uh, and I wasn't too like I didn't. I wasn't too pressed about going. I was already starting the process of emailing people, talking to people, trying to figure out what's the next move. And shout out to my friend, Jordan Kenoshi was a big part of everything that happened. Uh, I wasn't really too excited about going to the combine. He was like, bro, just go. Like, you got to invest in yourself to make this happen. And I was like, yeah, bro, you're right, you're right. And so I wound up going. And 
I think it was a two day, two day combine and you played maybe like four games. And I can remember praying with Jordan and another teammate, Lauren. I was just like, Lord, just let us go out here and uh, take advantage of this opportunity. And so happened at the end of the week, I was one of the players that they wanted to sign at Hartford Athletic. That's huge. That is yeah. Huge. Yeah, bro. So I just want to lay it out again. So it was Rev Academy, college, college, college. Mm -hmm. Then the opportunity uh, through your friend Jordan came about a combine and then boom. Yeah. So it was a two day combine, uh, four games, as you say. Uh, from my, from my uh, understanding, is that you killed and then that's how you signed pro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's that's huge. All right, let's let's dive into that. So, um, what position did you play? You know, when you were at the combine or growing up, growing up, I always was maybe like a ten or a forward. But in college, I I started uh, even at UCF, I was pushed around a lot of places because I was I'm a player that could play multiple positions. So. At the combine, I wound up playing as a wing back because that's how they wanted us to play at that time. And so I went to play wing back and it just felt natural. It didn't feel nothing different. Uh, but I would say my preferred position is a winger. Yeah. So do you have any tips for that position, like how to train for that position? I mean, yes, yeah, a lot of stuff. I mean, you got to always work on technique. I think technique is the biggest thing in knowing IQ or IQ and technique are the biggest things, knowing what you want to do before which, or before you do it, knowing your surroundings, playing in small spaces. So, I mean, it's same stuff. I mean, it's like a soccer, soccer uh, world stuff. You just do regular stuff, technique finishing, crossing, working on it day to day, making it a consistent matter to where it's not only muscle memory, but at night, sometimes I do a visualization and feel like you can feel the ball, smell the grass, and you keep practicing these reps in your head to once you get to the game, it's all natural. Very true, very true. Um, and I like that you said you were able to play any position, but the question is, how how are you able to you know, be that adaptable on the field? How are you able uh, to be able to play these different positions, right? Because every each position has a different role, but for you mm -hmm. to, to understand each role and be able to execute in each role, where does that come from? And, and you know, I think I would probably just say IQ and watching the game. Uh, if like so, for instance, as a if I was to play a left back or left wing back, I look at it as like, okay, I'm a winger, so I would know. I just try and be ahead of the game. Like if I'm a if I'm a left back and I know a winger coming in, I try I try and figure out before the first thing he does, I try to figure out his tendency. Okay, does he like coming inside? If he like coming inside, I'm gonna show him sideline. Is he right footed or is he left footed? If he's right footed, I don't want him to come inside because he'll get a shot on goal. And then uh I think, yeah, it's just, I would just say IQ of the game and being aware of your surroundings. Mm, great points. So what, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, what sacrifices you and your family made, but um, what sacrifices did, you, did your family make for you? Uh, it, it goes on, like it was a lot. Uh, I, even with Concord, I had to travel 30, 40 minutes 
every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and maybe Sunday, because we would play two games back to back. Trips to go to these tournaments, trips to go to a combine at when you were younger or like ODP. So stuff like that, I mean, that's why I truly like, I put, I don't put pressure on myself, but I want to give back to them what they gave to me. Understood. Yeah, I understand. So I want to dive a little bit back, um, you know, with the two, with the two-day combine, four games that you played and you killed it. And then you, how'd you feel? Did they call you? Did they send you an email that, hey, we want to send you to the club? How did that go about? So at the end of the combine, my, the head of my PDF, my summer league team, uh, the owner of it, he came up to me and he said, uh, I'm going to give you this number. They want to call you. He told me who it was. Uh, it was the technical advisor of Hartford Athletic. And so uh, I called the advisor right after uh, my owner told me and then he basically said, like, yeah, we like the way you perform. We're interested in signing you. Uh, send me over your email and then look over the contract and everything and then get back to me within a week or two. So, so huh? there you signed the contract and then what, what happened? Yeah. Uh, and so I talked over with my family, everything, uh, signed the papers. Everything was good, and as soon as I signed, I got a call from the head coach. Probably a few week or a few days after I signed and solidified everything, and uh, he was a big part of a lot of stuff. Uh, how I liked what I liked at Hartford, like it was a, it was, it sounded like a good situation. It sounded like I knew I was gonna get better by his demeanor and the way that he talked. And he was real serious about winning and changing uh, changing the program. Because at that time, Hartford was a one-year. They only had one year within the USL. And it wasn't up to par. But we came in and everything went well. So well, um, what's, the, what's the name of the club again, sorry? Hartford Athletic. So it's based out in Connecticut. Connecticut. And what, what league do they play in? The USL Championship. So the league under the... MLS. Right, right, right. That's that's yeah. right underneath there. Yeah. So, um, you know, once you got in that position, you you know, you celebrated with your family, um, you got into that position. What changed once you signed? The grind. You had to start working. I was uh we had a strength coach, I think after everybody was all solidified, he got the the strength coach called us and we started setting up meetings. So it'd be day-to-day workouts where we are already doing the workouts, getting prepared for what's going on, the fitness program. Uh, I think that was probably one of the biggest things on my mind. Like, that I got to be super fit. But I wasn't too worried about being on the ball because that, that whole year I was already playing consistent ball, like with practices and doing other stuff on the side at, during college. Uh, and then the shift in mindset, like what you eat, how much sleep you get. Uh, it's a lot of stuff that played into it. Right. And, you know, during your signing process, did you have an agent or did you, 
you know? No, no, I didn't have an agent at all. So uh, I talked to the tech advisor, like I said, the eight, or the contract came in and I signed it. You didn't have any lawyer to go through any sports? Oh, I had a, so I had a, my own personal family lawyer that we worked for and we read over everything. Everything seemed fine. From their side. Yeah. I mean, everyone's process is completely different. I've heard this before, but do you think having an agent is important or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got to have somebody just so that's, I mean, it, it just depends on what time, of, what stage of the game you're in. If you, you feel me, if you've been in the game for a long time and you know how to maneuver it yourself, then so so be it. You can do it yourself. But if you're just coming into the game and you're not knowing the ropes of how stuff go, uh, you just, I, I feel like you would probably get off balance because you're trying to have uh, an understanding on what you want, but then you got to play too and you don't want to get – views looked at why are you playing with coaches and stuff like that uh but i think an agent advisor mentor i think that's all good as long as you know they keep it upright and stand stand uh stay true to their policies 100 percent. so uh, where has soccer led you now <laughs> all over the world <laughs> it's I didn't probably seen a lot of the US. I want to start uh, taking my chances to go across seas, but I went to Lisbon, like I said, sporting Lisbon, uh, Amsterdam, Germany, France. Uh, that was the main ones overseas, but like I said, I didn't been a lot of places in the US, but soccer didn't tell me all about life too everything from adversity to different movements of the game to the mental it's a lot even connections diversity i could keep going on right and you know you've played for multiple uh, professional teams right in america no so 20 hartford athletic 2020 was my first year uh playing that was my first professional season uh after that I wound up going to the NPSL. So uh, the NPSL is an amateur league. So you can't count it professional because you got players that play in college. Uh, and But it's a good league to you get your games and you get your confidence up and you never know what's going to happen. But I just felt that was the right opportunity for me to go at that time. Uh, it was a that was coming off a of COVID year, so the market was really messed up. Conversations were disarray, so I wasn't really I didn't want to be too stressed. I just said, okay, I know what I need to focus on. I didn't, and I know I wanted to grow as a not only a player but as a person. So I just wanted to find somewhere where I could just sit down and be me, and also learn on the side. Understood. So, yeah. When when you were playing in the USL Championship, um, what were the you know what were the differences between uh, you know when you were playing at college to then when you were playing at the USL Championship? Uh, uh, the intensity, the intensity of everything. It wasn't no lollygagging around, and if you were coach, our coach made sure that you knew of it. Um, consistency is probably one of the biggest things. I mean, and obviously your attitude, but consistency I mean if you can show that you do this day in day out and show that you're on it I mean it's it's there for you uh 
players, physicality. I mean, it's just decision making too. That was one of the big things, decision making. Uh, movement, the patterns. I learned a lot at Hartford. I learned a lot. Uh, our coach came from the Premier League. He played in the Premier League. And then within not only him being our coach, uh, our older players were uh, no, well known within the league and had a good accomplishment. So I just really was a sponge and took not only ask questions from my coach, but ask questions from the older guys and just get different perspectives on different things. Right, right, right. And those, those, those other perspectives helped you, um, you know, have clarity in your own perspective, correct? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. It helped out a lot because I mean, like you say, everybody got their own story, their own journey. Uh, so that was probably one, I mean, that's the main thing that was told, like, you know, you on your own journey, like you just gotta enjoy this stuff. Like, not like you say, only 1% do this. Facts. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what are, what are three tips that you, you can share with the viewers uh, that wanna go pro? So, I mean, obviously you gotta be on the ball every day. I would say be on the ball every day, uh, not only on the ball, like physically, but watching the game, knowing different movement patterns uh, and taking it serious. I mean, it's gonna be, it's, like I say, it's gonna be tough times. It's gonna be hard times where you don't wanna do nothing. But how I look at it, since my transitioning after Hartford, I look at it as, and that's, a big credit to our coach, he, one of the things he told us was, what are you doing to be the best player once you leave the practice field? So it's not just a time period where, okay, practice from five to seven. So this is when I want to choose to be a pro. Those habits have to happen 24 hours. It's a 24 hour routine. And that's not just with soccer, but also with yourself. Like, so that's how I look at it right now. I want to always 1% better and on the field and 1% better physically, mentally, and self-growth. Uh, I would say the second thing I would uh, give a tip on is diversification. So this not just being a soccer player, but sense of you don't have just one set of skills. You got multiple and that all multiple skills come out when you play. So for soccer, you could be okay, you're a left footer, but you could do with your right foot just as good as your left. Um, and then three, I would say, believe in yourself and obviously put yourself out there or believe in yourself and invest in yourself. So that's one of the biggest things I didn't see. And uh, my growth was when I invested in myself, uh, obviously, that uh, at Hartford, that's how I got to go pro. And even after that, during that COVID year, I was going through teams and I had to invest in myself and take these trips. Everything was going fine. It's just negotiations didn't uh, line up. So um, investing in yourself and believing in yourself because if you don't believe and always stay true to your core, you're going to drive yourself crazy and you always be bouncing back and forth on what you should do. So, yeah, those are my three tips. Those are great tips. <clears throat> Sorry, those are great tips. Um, I have, all right, so I have 13 fun questions. I don't know if you yeah. but 
Uh, did you want to add in anything else or? Um, no, I mean, I'll just tell kids, uh, like I say, stay true to yourself. And if you ever need feedback, questions that you need to ask, I think that's one of the biggest things because questions is because everybody, we don't all know everything. We don't know, like you say, the dynamics of the game. You don't know how it is to get there. So if anybody had questions, uh, obviously you have this platform right here, which is great. And then I'll bounce on it, add on to that. So if y'all need any questions, Andre, underscore these 24 at IG. And I think it's the same on Twitter. And if y'all need any questions, I'll be there to try and get back and answer to you. Absolutely. So um, let's jump into the uh, the 13 uh, fun questions. Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to be fun. So, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Uh, what's, I, and actually, I, I need to mention this because last time I did it, I didn't mention this. But um, like when I ask you, you just gotta answer it fast, like whatever. Okay. Right away. Okay. So, okay. So, what's your favorite team? Liverpool. Uh, favorite Soccer wise, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah Liverpool. Uh, favorite player? Messi. Favorite cleats? Don't have one. Uh, most memorable soccer moment. Um, as soon as I came, I think I came back from Sporting Lisbon my 10th grade year. So we had the, I think it was a semifinals of state. I was playing high school soccer, but I came back to just a different dude. Like I went, the first goal was from half field. I dribbled like six people. And then the second goal, uh, it's, I don't even know how it happened, bro. I just. It was crazy moment, and uh, we wound up winning that game. Did you? Um, and you said it changed you. So I mean, that's pretty cool. So, uh, did you ever play soccer in the house when you were a kid? A lot. I got in trouble for it a lot. Broke a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who's better, Messi or Ronaldo? Uh, I don't debate that no more. It's kind of like the Kobe and LeBron. They they two great athletes. Uh, two spectacular athletes and two different realms where Messi, that's God-given ability and nobody but Ronaldo and me being at Sporting Lisbon, I actually got to see how Ronaldo routine was from the different stories that the coaches told us and just the film that they had. So they both great athletes. Adidas or Nike? I don't have. I used to be a lot of Adidas, but I didn't. I wore Nike. It's it's not no big difference. Uh, the first. Uh, what's the first team you would pick in FIFA? Like you know, you're me and you. Liverpool probably. Me Liverpool. Liverpool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite fast food? Fast food. Fast food. Uh. Would have to go in California. In and out. In and out. Uh, in Atlanta, Waffle House. Waffle House, okay, okay. Yeah. What's your favorite song right now? I've been listening to a lot of old Lil Wayne, so right now it's uh, Hustler Music by Lil Wayne. Okay. Uh, two goals in a game or one goal and one assist? Mm, one goal, one assist. I like set, setting up my teammates. That come from my love of basketball too. True. And would you rather score a free kick or a PK? When is the free? Is it in the 90th minute 
what, what's the situation? 90th minute. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, I tell you, I have to put the pressure on myself and go with the PK because that's the only way you're going to learn how to be great if you take those opportunities and those big moments. And if you were a coach and you were able to sub in any player in history, who would it be? Ronaldinho. Yes, sir. Yeah, Ronaldinho. I miss his flair, his, what he brought to soccer. Like, he just brought enjoyment. Like, you could see he just had fun on the field. So, yeah. Don't, do you think uh, Neymar is a replicate of that better or, you know, not as – not as? Uh, to a certain extent. Now, he the closest probably to what we've seen to Ronaldinho. Mm, but you don't think he's there at that at that level with Ronaldinho? <laughs> Oh no, I mean, we'll see. As time goes on, as time goes, we'll see. So Andre, again, I appreciate you taking the time to do this interview. Uh, before we go, again, can you just mention where the viewers can find you? Uh, definitely on IG, Andre, A-N-D-R-E, underscore D's, D-E-A-S, 24. And that's both on IG and Twitter. Awesome. All right, Andre, thank you again for doing this. Yes, sir. I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. Thanks.